together and seeing what he has to say to us. So um, let's turn to God's word. It's in the book of Micah, and if you don't know where that is, it's uh, the book before it's Jonah. Does that help? And the book after Micah is Nahum. That should really help you. So he's one of the minor prophets. He's in the Old Testament. So you might have to look him up in your um, contents page. There's a few kids in here, so uh, I promise you, if you're really good, this is open bribery. If you're really good, I've got really nice lollies afterwards. Okay? So we're turning to the book of Micah, Micah chapter 7. I was in this book uh, last year this time, so it's my continued series. And uh, we'll bring you up to speed soon. Micah chapter 7, and we're going to read together um, the whole of chapter, well, most of chapter 7, verses 1 to 9, and then 18 to 20. So Micah chapter 7, verse 1 to 9. This gives us a bit of a feel for this book. Woe is me. It's a good start. Are you awake now? Woe is me, for I have become as when the summer fruit has been gathered, as when the grapes have been gleaned. There's no cluster to eat. No first ripe fig that my soul desires. You might feel like it, but end of the year. Nothing left. The godly has perished from the earth, and there is no one upright among mankind. They all lie in wait for blood, and each hunts the other with a net. Look at this verse. Their hands are on what is evil to do it well. The prince, the judge, ask for a bribe. And the great man utters the evil desire of his soul. Thus they weave it together. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright of them, a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman, of your punishment has come. Now their confusion is at hand. Put no trust in a neighbor. Have no confidence in a friend. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your arms. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own house. So everything is upside down. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Therefore rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him. Until he pleads my cause and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Now skip through to verse 18. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in steadfast love. 
He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Lord, our Heavenly Father, as we look at your word to us this morning, may your word speak to us, I pray. As we see the promises in your word and as we see a little glance of who you are, may our souls be encouraged as we stand at the end of this year. Use your word now, Lord, and make us soft before you so that your spirit can speak. We ask this in the precious name and the almighty name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Well, 2019, it's been a bit of a mixed year. Nationally, we've had two major standout events that I'm going to mention, and I'm sure you know what I'm speaking about. Those tragic events, Christchurch, mosque shootings. Just um, cast your mind back a little bit to those TV images we got. 15th of March at 1.40 p.m. While those worshippers were in that mosque, that machine gun fired. 51 people killed. And then very recently in this month, White Island eruption. 9th of December at 2.11 p.m. in the afternoon, tourists going about their normal business. And to date, 17 deaths. What about your year this past year? Good and bad. Just, I'm going to give you half a minute. Just Think back a little bit. If you can think of five good things and maybe five bad things in your year, just bring them to mind. At the end of last year, end of 2018, start of 19, I asked a question to all of us. What seeds will you sow in 2019? What seeds will you sow? You see, we all sow good seeds for our future or we sow bad seed of destruction for our future. Because every seed we sow, every act we act, has a consequence, good or bad. Every act. Good seeds, bad seeds. What were the seeds that you sowed in 2019? Did you perhaps join the many in society now in New Zealand who all walk in the name of their own gods? Did you walk in the name of your own God this year? As a believer... Or as an unbeliever? Or did you resolve before God last year, with His help, to walk in the name of the Lord your God forever and ever? And that was from Micah chapter 4 that we looked at last year. Did you resolve to do the best you can in the name of the Lord your God with His help? And how did that go? 
How did your New Year's resolutions go this year? Did you achieve any of them at all? I did a few, but not all that many. Maybe your New Year's resolution was, I was I'm going to be a better Christian. How did that one go for you this year? How did you go about that, by the way? I'll be more religious. Is that how you went about it? What does that mean? Religious. Doing more th- Christian things? Maybe did you, did you have that Bible upgrade? Did you buy that new one on the net or... Did you buy that bigger one from Rosalie in the shop? Did you open its pages? Did you come to church every single Sunday? That must be more religious. How did the year go? Did you sit in the front row? I still see there's no one in the front row, so that one no one can tick. It's a sign of holiness, you know. Or perhaps you sang the loudest as we were learning new choruses and we could hear your voice coming out above everyone because you wanted to be more Christian. You can hear the tone in my voice, right? I hope. Or the ultimate one for Christians, did you increase your offering? That must be it, hey? Perhaps one of your New Year's resolutions was, I want to worship God better. But you know, that statement itself is a fallacy because we either worship God or we don't worship God. There are no degrees of worshiping God. So how did your worship of God go this year? Or perhaps it's the same old, same old this year. A lot of questions. Tell me, my friend, did you find joy in your day-to-day, step-by-step process of mundane change before the Lord this year? It's what we saw last year. In other words, did you walk humbly with your God in true worship in the little moments of your life? No major changes. Did you walk humbly with the Lord your God in the little moments of your life? The little moments of your life make up your worship before the Lord. How did that go? If the answer is yes, it did, then give all praise to God. And look forward with excitement to what He will do in the number of days He gives you in 2020. Because none of us knows how many days we have. They're in the Lord's hands. And it's uplifting to experience victorious Christian living through the strength that the Christ in me gives me. Yes? So if you've experienced that victory in your Christian life this year, give God the praise. Be quick to give God the praise. Be humble before Him. But perhaps 2019 didn't work out the way you'd imagined when you think back on the year. Perhaps stuff happened that you'd rather now, you're so glad that it's behind you. Or maybe you're still struggling with the same little issues that you put in your New Year's resolution. You're still struggling with those same issues and temptations, and you can't seem to get on top of them. I've got some I'm working on. 
Or maybe this year has been one of the hardest years you've ever known and you're really still floundering. That's 2019. Well, before I speak you into discouragement, there's good hope for us from this book of Micah. There's hope and encouragement from the prophet Micah 2,770 years ago to you in 2019. And they still stand true. You see, this prophet was living in a time when it was going really well for the nation up to now. He was one of the 12 minor prophets. He was a contemporary of Isaiah, the major prophet. But when we say minor prophet, he's no less important. He was, just had less to say than Isaiah. And he prophet, prophesied during the time of King Hezekiah. It was a time of prosperity. But all was not well. And it's usually what happens when all is going well. All is not well. Because pe the people had been breaking their covenant with God that they'd had with them for the last 500 years. They were still breaking that covenant. The wealthy were oppressing the poor. Think of our modern day society now. I'm speaking about his time, but think in parallel. The wealthy were oppressing the poor. The people were being dishonest with the Lord in their personal lives before him. There were idols in their lives. The spiritual leaders had become rich through dishonesty and greed. The prophets of the day were demanding backhanders so that they'd give people prophecies of happiness. And also, they were demanding payment so that God's promises of protection would rest on the people. Those were the prophets. And life was good in most people's eyes. But they were sowing the seeds of destruction for their future. In New Zealand today, life is good in Maine for everyone. This is a great country to live in. I speak to tourists every single day of my life. This is a great little country to live in. And yet... In the midst of great country to live in is great danger. Because aren't we too sowing the seeds of destruction? I'll come to them. You see, God's, Micah's message, his message from God is that God must confront and judge the evil among his people. He can't overlook it or excuse it. God is a holy God. He can't excuse evil of any kind. He must judge it. However, with these words of warning come a message of hope. With this judgment comes mercy every time. And that is that God's covenant love and His promises are much more powerful than evil. God's covenant love and His promises are much more powerful than evil. And a royal deliverer would be born in Micah's day. And he prophesies about him in chapter 5 verse 2. You can look up that verse. A royal deliverer would be born in Bethlehem and he would ensure that a kingdom for God's faithful elect would be established. It has now been established because he was born. He was on this earth. He died. He rose again. He's soon to be returning. His kingdom is in existence. It stands. But for Micah, it was really hard to avoid despair when his nation seemed to be going to wreck and ruin around him. 
And the same for you and I. It's hard for us to remain confident and positive when we see our own nation running headlong into moral and legislative ruin. Governments do a lot of good, but governments can also do a lot of evil. The same in Micah's day. Look at chapter 7, verse 3. Note who is leading the evil. It's the prince, the judges, the leaders. And so it's hard not to give in to despair when we consider the state of our country. It's hard not to give in to despair when we consider the state of the church in general in New Zealand. More and more people doing church, but worshipping God less. Going through the motions of church programs, but not worshipping God in spirit and in truth. Not holding to His Word. Hardly opening the Bible. It's hard when you and I keep extricating ourselves once again from those same habitual sins. It's hard. And sometimes we say to ourselves, Lord, how long? I get fed up with myself. Lord, how long? How long must I struggle with this thing? It's not the Lord's fault, it's mine. But I get frustrated. And sometimes one feels you just want to sit in a heap and give up, right? Or is it just me? Sometimes it feels like the walk you called us into, Lord, is just too hard. Well, Micah has hope for us. Let's see what he says. The prophet Micah says to you and I, remember, 2,770 years ago, he says to you now in 2019, he says, look to the Lord and wait on the Lord. Verse 7. And we're going to be looking at this, these two verses specifically now. Verses 7 and 8. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I love those verses. They're my theme verses for 2020. You see, it doesn't matter what's happening to the world around us. It's what we do personally that counts. But as for me, I will wait on the Lord. Change in society starts with one. With you. With me. What are you doing with what is happening around you? But as for me, it doesn't matter what's happening to me, what my society is doing, I will look to the Lord. There's my New Year's resolution. I will wait for the God of my salvation. Why? Because my God will hear me. Do you hear the confidence there? You see, Micah confesses his faith to the Lord in the midst of ruin. Micah takes his faith stand in the face of everything happening around him. And it's exactly what you and I must do. We must take a faith stand. Do I believe that God is almighty, that he knows everything, that he's all-powerful, or don't I believe it? Take a faith stand in the midst of ruin. Take a faith stand in your situation. Micah turns his face to his face to. Yahweh, almighty God of the armies, the unchangeable, the all-knowing, and the all-powerful one. You see, that's what faith has to do. Faith is only faith when you can't see what's happening in front of you, and yet you say, I will stand in what I know. I've said it so often from this pulpit, aviation. 
Fly on your instruments when you can't see outside. Fly on your instruments. The instruments of the promises of God. Take a faith stand. As for me, I will look. I will wait. My God will answer. That's how we start a new year. That's how we wipe away what's happened this year. You don't have to take this last year with you. It's happened. Yes, there are consequences, but look to the Lord for the future. Look to God. Don't be overcome by the size of your obstacles or the overwhelming no light at the end of the tunnel depth of your circumstances. Look to God. He's so much greater than your circumstances. Your circumstances are not even a ripple in a breeze to God. Your God is strong. Your faith doesn't have to be strong. Your God is strong. You see, that's a mistake we often make. If only my faith were a bit stronger, then I join the dots. The Lord says, bring your weak faith to me. I am strong. Don't do my job. Put your weak faith in Him. In your weakness, he is strong. Rely on his almighty strength. Don't wait till you're stronger. Rely on his strength. Look to God. Wait on him. You see, I'm sorry to say the law doesn't work to our agendas. God doesn't have a copy of my diary. He is the creator of time. He stands outside of time. He's not influenced by my diary and all the events in it. You see, we think we've got to act now, this very second, if we're to save situations. Well, the Lord says, no, I want you to wait on me. I will act in my time in your situation. Maybe I need you to endure a bit longer so that your experience fits neatly into the parts per millisecond timing that I have for you. Wait on me, says the Lord. And that's a problem with us today, you see. We're in an instant age. I want instant coffee, instant internet. I see people. Sorry, this is an aside. I work with tourists a lot. What's the most important thing to a tourist? Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. I stand at the counter. Someone walks in. They don't say good morning. They've got a picture of the Wi-Fi code. Hi, I'm Calvin. Most important. And I've got the fastest Wanganui can offer, I promise you. The fastest broadband Wanganui has to offer. I've upgraded. I'm paying for it, but I've upgraded. And it's still not fast enough. We are so instant age, man. But the problem is we want that for our lives. Lord, I haven't got time to wait for you. Hurry up. Speed up, Lord. It's my agenda. The Lord says, look to me and wait. I will answer you in my time. That leads to something else. You see, God brings an answer into our situations, but we need to trust him. And then what? Verse 8. Look at verse 8. 
Rejoice not over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. Am I relying on myself here? No. He says, my enemy, yes, I'm down on the ground. Yes, I know I'm here. Yes, I'm, I'm out of this light. But don't rejoice over me. When I fall, I will rise. Is that because I'm determined and strong? I can do it. Power of positive thinking? No. I will rise because the Lord will rise me. When I'm in darkness, He will be my light. And you might be in a place like that where you feel that your life is just darkness. You see no way out. The Lord promises through His prophet to you this morning, and this is His word coming to you this morning, I will be your light. Look to me. Wait on me. The light will come. I am God. I am light. Wait. And therefore, when you are down, you will rise. I will draw you up. Almighty God, there's his promise. Rise up, he says. And then there's the last section. And here we come to those words of hope in verses 18 to 20. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. I love that. You see, the Lord says there is hope. There's no other God like our God. He doesn't hold grudges like we do. How do we forgive people? Come on, be, be honest now for a change, Baptist. How do we really forgive people when they've really done something to us? Yeah, I forgive you. Yep, yep, it's all good. It's all good. We'll have a coffee. It's done. It's behind me. Not. Because I quickly remember and then I dig up that old stinking cow. We always seem to hold grudges of even just the little kind. There's a grudge. You see, the Lord doesn't love like that. He delights in steadfast love. What does that mean? He delights in his own love. What is his own love? His own love is the same, constant, never changing. What it was in the past, it's exactly the same amount of love now, and it will be exactly the same amount of love into eternity. It's not going to be more or less. The Lord always loves completely all the time. There's no changing in his love, in the depth of it. He rejoices in steadfast love. He's not talking about our love. He's talking about his love. Because our love is a very different story. Our love is like ebb and flow. People do stuff for me I like. I love them. If they don't, I love them less. It goes like this. God's love is constant. He delights in steadfast love. And not just that, he knows that we are weak sinners. And he's got compassion on us, verse 19. Now, this compassion is, is, this compassion is not like we know on the internet now, right? Or whatever. Hey, hey, bro, oh, I feel for you, man. It's not that. It's not a little heart emoji. That's not compassion. This compassion is a different word. This compassion means to co-suffer from the stomach. That's the literal meaning. 
He co-suffers from his stomach with us. Now, there's no harder, there's no other way that a person in that time could express that it had to come from here, from the gut. His compassion for us, he co-suffers with us from the gut. When I'm going through hard times, the Lord's not outside looking in. The Lord is right there with me. What did Jesus say? There's nothing that you can endure that I haven't also endured. So you're not alone. You're not suffering on your own. You're not struggling with those sins on your own. The Lord is right there with you. He has compassion on you. He suffers with you in your weakness from the gut. And He will forgive your iniquities. He knows you're weak. He knows I sin all the time. He forgives our iniquities every time we ask Him. He loves us with the same love and He forgives. Same love, forgive. He doesn't change. There's no other God like our God, says Micah. You see, it's not about our strength of faith. It's about who our God is. There's the hope we have for this year. It's about the love and the compassion that our God has. It's a perfect love. It's perfect compassion. Therefore, in God we trust. And there's the Latin that I put up for you right in the beginning. It's not Greek, by the way. It's not Hebrew. It's Latin. In Deo speramus. In God we trust. There's my theme for 2020. And I'm not going to rest that New Year's resolution on my ability to keep New Year's resolutions because they'll fall over by January 1. I'm going to stand on that resolve because of who God is. I will trust in Him. I'm going to put my weak faith in His almighty hands. And then I need to wait on Him and look to Him and stand up when I fall because He will rise. He will make me rise up. His strength will do it. I have hope for 2020. What do I do with that? It's very short, I promise you. What do I do with that for 2020? Can anyone tell me what's going to happen in 2020? Anything? One thing, just one thing. You're going to get taxes. They don't know. Yep. Sorry? Yes, your 25th birthday. Yes. But none of us knows whether we're actually going to get that day. Right? Yes, your taxes are coming, but we might not even reach that day. None of us knows what the next few milliseconds, except that Calvin might stop speaking. But in the next year, none of us knows. None of us knows. So what can we say? We can only say one thing. In Deo Speramus, in God I trust. Because He is the only unchangeable one. My year is going to change. If you do not yet know the Lord, you're on your own unless you come to Him. He reaches out to you too. He says, I am the God you can trust. But you need to bow the knee to me and proclaim me Lord of your life. 
I'll get into the driving seat of your car. You sit in the passenger seat. But you need to do that. And for us as believers, we will trust in the Lord. Put your weak faith in His hands. And allow Him to be God. Don't be God in His place. Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, we can so often try to take charge of our own lives, but Lord, we know that without You, we are nothing. But thank You for these promises from the Old Testament, from the prophet Micah, that You are the great God in whom we can trust. There is no one like our God. The one that we can look to. The one that we can wait on. The one who makes us rise up. The one who gives us hope. May we rest our hope fully on you. Without exception this year. In as many days as you give us, we pray. So help us, God.